I'm a local loan officer in West Palm Beach, Florida. I've been in the mortgage industry for the last eight years. I've worked in the industry throughout the country. I've closed over a thousand loans during my career, so I've seen it all. I'm on a mission to make mortgages both entertaining and educational. Welcome to Lending with Leah. This is the podcast for anyone thinking about potentially owning in the process of buying or even owns their own home. <laughs> If you guys can't see it if you're listening, but we these little sound things here and uh, my guest, Devin Cobb, gave like the perfect reaction to it. When I played it, he was like, ooh, ooh what's There's this? So many buttons and knobs and things in here. Uh, so I'm Leah Bunning, licensed mortgage loan officer. I'm your host. And today we have Devin Cobb with us. Hello. So Devin is the CEO and founder of the White Glove Notary Network and also happens to be a realtor and happens to be a great friend as well. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And today's episode, we're going to be giving everyone a roadmap to the home buying process from start to finish. So all your questions like, when do we do this? And when does this happen? We're going to break that down for you guys. But like always, before we get into that nitty gritty piece of what we're going to talk about today, I want everyone to get to know Devin a little bit more. So Devin, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Devin Cobb. I am the CEO of White Glove Notary Network. I am a realtor specializing in sports and entertainment. And I am a great friend of Leah, as she said, right? Um, and we became friends. I'll let you tell the story later, but <laughs> we became friends after we worked on some deals together or when we started working on deals together. Um, but myself, I've been in real estate for 17 and a half years since June of 2005. Um, started in Tallahassee when I was in college and have continued in the real estate career ever since. I'm now a broker associate with Keller Williams. Uh, I'm also a licensed instructor, so I teach real estate at Palm Beach State College. Um, and also just enjoy hanging out with Leah <laughs> for drinks, dinner, traveling. Oh yeah, we we actually went to Europe together this past summer. So we were traveling the world, Croatia, yep. Serbia. Oh, well, I didn't go us. to Serbia. He didn't go to Serbia, but he met us in Croatia and we're like chilling by the beach. On a boat, oh. swimming to that island mm -hmm. and almost dying. <laughs> um, that actually, oh, I yeah, referred I to a deal during that. Uh, you trip. did. And she actually was a guest on one of our earlier episodes, yep. Thais. So if you guys listen to the show, like we're tying it all together for you here. So Devin was the realtor and Thais was our client. And yeah, we just yep. like one big circle, one big happy family. Exactly. It all ties <laughs> together. And if the IRS is asking, yes, that was a tax write-off. That trip was <laughs> that, a write-off. Yes. So if you're we listening, weren't. Uncle Sam, I wrote that trip. Which you know they are. They listen to everything. <laughs> and this is my witness. <laughs> and I want to actually go back a little bit to one of the things that you said, because you've been an agent since 2005. Correct. So that was before the crash, yes, the housing correct. crash. So we haven't had any guests on this show yet that were realtors prior to the crash. Everyone that's been on the show started their real estate career well after. 
So sure. just because this market is shifting and different and the media is just pushing housing crash, housing crash, housing crash, since you actually lived it and worked through it, what's, what's some insight you can give people to that time then versus the time now? Consistency, right? Um, and now we have social media that everybody's on, right? We have Facebook starting in 2007, but we weren't really using it for marketing as much as now. Um, consistency, staying in front of your, your sphere, so your top of mind, which is something I'm still learning to do. Um, but my basic fundamental point of consistency is my phone number has not changed since 2002, right? So I started in a different market and I still have people that still have that phone number and call me because they did a deal with me or we did real estate together in 2005, six or seven, and it may turn into a referral or another deal. Maybe they live in a different part of Florida now. Maybe we still live in the same part of Florida. Um, and so consistency and, and providing value in some interactions, uh, many, most of your interactions like mm -hmm. you do, um, that's definitely going to provide value. And, you know, the cream rises to the top. So that is very true. Somebody's got to do it. If you're not going to do it, somebody will do it. That right? I couldn't agree more with you there. Yeah. There you go. If you're not going to, someone else is. And, and what initially attracted you to real estate and what were you doing prior to real estate? So I got into real estate in 2005. I was in my fourth year of college. So I did a five-year MBA program where you start as a freshman in college, but your end goal is to get your MBA. So it's an extended program, dual oh. degree. Um, I started in my fourth year. I, I got licensed while I was on internship in D.C. with the government contractor. I was going to the Pentagon every day, hated it. And I wanted so if to quit. anyone knows about Uncle Sam, yeah, it's exactly. you <laughs> wanted to quit. And um, I decided to take my course online from D.C., got licensed, came back home during the summer and trained every day for six weeks during the summer and started my real estate career from there. Um, just I knew that wealth in the United States was created by real estate. And I've helped tons of families create that wealth or start um, creating that wealth or continue to build that wealth since 2005 and of course have done decent for myself um, but that was definitely the catalyst was getting into a career that I thought I wanted and I absolutely hated so <laughs> now I'm back in real estate I'm here back in real years. estate and also fairly recently CEO and founder of the White Glove Notary Network indeed on top of that indeed so tell us a little bit about that I mean I know I can share a little bit because I got a phone call from you when this idea kind of sparked, but <laughs> tell everyone a little bit more, like from your point of view, what, what sparked it? Um, why did you want to go that route and what has made it so successful for sure. you today? So I'm glad you said that because it's been two years since I had this idea, right? Uh, exactly two years, December of 2020, um, during the pandemic, we had a lot of businesses that were not allowing people who don't work there to come into their their business their buildings um, we also have people that worked at offices that were not going into work everybody's working from home and closings were not taking place at home so closings are at somebody's office at somebody's house in the parking lot in the car and you needed mobile notaries a lot more than you ever did before and i had some less than pleasant experiences with mobile notaries and observed you know experiences that others had had 
And so I thought one day, man, they just let anybody be a notary. What does it take? <laughs> so I went home from a closing one day and I'm sitting on the couch watching a movie. By the end of the day, the night, um, I had finished the training course to become a notary. So um, that was the beginning of it and kind of bounced this idea off of you mm-hmm. um, to start a service where, for one, the idea was just that I would do closings kind of in my part time, you know, to help my friends who were lenders and title agents and attorneys and to offer a more professional experience than what they may have been getting individual from me. Right. For yep. what they were getting from others, I would offer that more professionally from myself. Um, so, yeah, so it started as an idea in December 2020. By February 2021, I had started marketing, started getting my first closings, getting my first um, clients, and it's grown to today where now I have over 50,000 notaries in my signing agent network available anywhere in this country, and we can provide a notary 24-7 anywhere in the United States. We also do remote online notarizations for people who are international or even domestic uh, who don't want to leave the comfort of their homes or their offices. Well, I think that... Deserves a round of applause. This is hilarious. <laughs> Feel free to play with any of these sounds, too, if you want if, to. So, for those not watching, I am not wearing my glasses, and all of this is just lights and knobs to me. I can't read a thing that Leah's pressing, so I'm not going to press anything. <laughs> but it's all colorful and beautiful here. We love that. <laughs> but, no, it's I, I'm so proud and impressed with what you've built just you know professionally but also as your friend like just watching you like flourish in this other area and other arena too and it's still tied to real estate in a way but like you you've really just taken it and 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 without your support I don't know where I would be Because really, seriously, Leah had supported and encouraged me from the beginning, and I needed some different insight than I would have had as a realtor um, from the lender perspective. So, And and we continue to bounce Mm -hmm. things off of each other. I may ask you questions from the lender's perspective, which I, as a realtor, don't have insight into. Um, Same with some of my, my title partners and real estate attorneys. You know, we all kind of work together to grow this thing. So it's not me by myself, but with friends like you and colleagues Mm -hmm. that support, it's been a phenomenal experience. It's really exciting. You know, I just got even more excited thinking about when you brought it back to two years ago when we started talking about the idea and to see what it is now, it it's grown exponentially in such a short amount of time. And it's really exciting. Well, and now you actually have an employee too right like it's not just you anymore either like you've got someone else right so I have a full-time staff person who runs the day-to-day the scheduling she kind of acts as a dispatcher if you will she gets the orders Um, so right now while I'm sitting here I don't have to monitor my phone the whole time she's monitoring the phones the emails the orders that come in off the website and she sends them out to the notaries wherever they are in the closest proximity to wherever the signing is also who's most qualified. So it's not necessarily about the person that's closest. It's also the person that's most experienced and qualified mm-hmm. um, and willing to accept the job because we do handle some very serious transactions, right? So we want to make sure that our um, our professionals that we're providing are indeed professional experienced and can handle it with competency. Absolutely. And I think that's, I want to 
put a pin into because we're going to go through the whole like road my road buying Ooh. road <clears throat> buying home, <laughs> home buying road, road mapping <laughs> <laughs> you know we just we like to mix up our words over here the home buying road map process and kind of the end of that is the notary and the signing and so I, I want to put, put a pin, pin in sure. that for later because I do want to talk on or have you share what can happen if things go wrong in that end and why it actually is so important and vital. So sure. we'll put a pin in that. Um, but next, we're going to kind of get started in into that home buying process and what the steps are. You know, so I think the first step when you're starting this process is to find yourself a good realtor and a good lender. Yep, and I'm gonna um, start a blooper moment real quick. <laughs> so we're gonna have a lesson. How do you say that word? Realtor? No. R realtor? Realtor. Realtor. Okay, so when I teach, I have a jar in my classroom. <laughs> if I hear you say it like that, and I, I you don't have to air this part, because. Oh no, it's wanna... okay, it's funny. So. I always struggle with this, like <laughs> I know it, I because. I always want to say realtor. I have a, a realtor jar. So <laughs> if you say it that way, give me a dollar, right? Um, and when we went virtual, I started sharing my cash app with my classroom. So the realtor jar, realtor jar, $5 cash app. Um, but anyhow, there you go. So find yourself a good realtor. <clears throat> realtor. Realtor. There you go. <laughs> like, I feel like I got to make this. It doesn't roll off the tongue It does very well. not. I got to make like this face to... <laughs> <laughs> Real estate agent and there you, lender. There you go. Okay. Hey, call me what you want. Just call me. Okay. Just call me. Daddy. <laughs> or that. Or. <laughs> or that. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm going to share after this is over. I have to share why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Compose. Find yourself a good real, real estate zaddy. <laughs> <laughs> Leah's words, not mine. Oh, my goodness. Well, this is what you get when you work with us too. Like we're we're fun. We're who fun. Knew at this we're... hour we'd be joking about zaddies. <laughs> <laughs> but that you know that's the whole point. That's the whole because right mortgages are kind of it's boring. boring. It's boring. <laughs> so that's the whole you know the whole intro to this whole show is making mortgages entertaining and educational. Because let's face it. Most people are not going to seek out this information uh, if it's just educational and boring. Some will, but go. most won't. So, you know, we're here to provide good information to you guys, but we're also here to have some fun. We have tons of fun. And so that's what you get if you work with us, too. Like, we Absolutely. have lots of fun. For example, this past weekend. But we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Went to the Christmas party with our client, our shared client. Mm -hmm. right? had, a ton, had tons of fun. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Okay. So back to business. Back to business. So step one, find yourself a good agent and a good lender. Yes. And then 
step two, and I think we agree on this one, Devin, but correct me if I'm wrong, um, get pre-approved first or start shopping for a home first? So people are prone to going on that website with the Z um, mm. that rhymes with pillow. Um, and and won't be named. And, and Bluefin or whatever that other one is, right? Um, and they want to go shop and they want to, you know, they shop with their eyes and not with their wallets. So then they come to their real estate agent and they say, hey, I want to see this house. And my first question, which you already know, is mm-hmm. can I see your pre-approval? So my answer is, please be pre-approved first and preferably with a lender that is very thorough, that is going to identify anything that may be a challenge down the road. I agree with that because, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen it throughout your career. I know I've seen it where I'll get a referral for a client and they're like, oh, I, you know, there's this house. We just saw this house and we love it and we want to put an offer in on it and it's, it's our dream house. I'm like, all right, let's, you know, you shouldn't have seen it first, but let's, let's get you pre-approved and see if we can do an offer. And by the way, that phone call came in at 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. Those phone calls usually do not come in during work day, week hours. Right. Um, so, you know, we're rushing to get this done, get, they're getting all their documents in. I do all the calculations. Not even close. Not even close. <laughs> you get the sad trumpets. Yes. And uh, I have given more than my fair share of sad news to people. And it's really disheartening. And I have I'm a sh- story about that. Yeah, sh- absolutely. So very recently... We, I brought Leah a client who had been pre-approved somewhere else um, or pre-qualified. Mm-hmm. They had seen houses that they thought they could afford. They thought they had a certain budget. And Leah broke the news to them that they were not even close. And I'm talking about maybe 20% below what they wanted to, to purchase. So they didn't like that. They left us. Mm-hmm. Right? Fast mm-hmm. forward a few weeks. What I tell you was going to happen, it happened. They ended up buying a house with somebody else, right? Unfortunate for us. Mm -hmm. Okay. They ended up buying a house from someone else. They didn't use me because I referred Leah, but that's never happened. That's a one in 1,000% occurrence, right? And they didn't like that I told them no. They didn't like that I wasn't telling them what they wanted to hear. But then they went and bought another house. Guess what? The house that they ended up buying was within the price range that we told them that they could afford. Uh, so they left because they thought they could afford $200,000 more than mm-hmm. what we were telling them, and they ended up buying something less. Uh, it it happens. Look, I like we don't like saying no, and we would love for you to buy the more expensive home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Newsflash, we get paid commission. Uh-huh, so we, we do make more if you get more, so... Of course we want you to get more, but it does no one any good if I give you a letter that says you can qualify for this and you can't. Right. So, because then there's deposits that could be lost, money lost. It's just not, it's not a good situation. Indeed. But after you get pre-approved first, then you can start shopping for your home. And so, Devin, talk to everyone a little bit more. What does that process look like when... Now, you know, you've got the budget, you know what number to work within. 
and then you start the shopping process. So your real estate agent is going to talk to you, ask you several questions, if they're good, right? They're mm-hmm. going to ask you a lot of questions before they get in their car and start showing you a house. Um, they're going to ask you about your preferences, where you need to live, what do you need to live in proximity to, um, just a lot of things to understand what the house should look like, what, and, and that's not just, you know, the features of the house, but the location, the yard, things like that, the HOA or the lack thereof. Um, and so it's important to be very open and honest at every step with your lender and with your realtor, because your realtor is going to show you things. And what's going to happen at Christmas is going to be like, well, that realtor, everything they showed me was I didn't like. Well, it was exactly what you told me that you wanted, right? Um, about 75% of the time, I have clients that send me houses that don't match anything that they have told me that they want. So I asked them, let's revisit because this house has three bedrooms. Mm-hmm. You've told mm-hmm. me that you needed five. What's changed? Because <laughs> that happens a ton. That's a good point, though. And yeah. the house they end up buying is something that doesn't match. But anyway, that's <laughs> a different course for realtors. you got to listen to your clients and what they're saying and maybe what they're not saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but most importantly, it's very uh, important to be open and honest with your client, with your, excuse me, with your realtor and with your lender. Agreed. Agreed. Because on the lending side, I can tell you, we will find out. <laughs> if you think we won't, we will. And there's, there's reasons for that, but we will find out. So just, it's better to not hide anything so we can set everything up correctly from the get-go. And once you do shopping and then you find the home and you make an offer and then your offer is accepted. What does that process kind of look like, you know, for you? Um, this is my favorite part, making the offer, uh, making a deal work for all parties, right? It's not about necessarily being buyer against the seller or a seller against the buyer. It's about making a deal that's fair for everybody and that works that everybody walks away happy. Or nobody walks away happy, but we're not going <laughs> to get into that. Let's just say that everybody walks away happy, right? Um, and so that may involve, in this day and age, seller credits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, price reductions. Two years ago, a year Two ago. Two one rate buy downs. There you go. A year ago, we were talking about if I would have said a seller credit, you know, Leah would have ran me out of this building. <laughs> um, but now I've got a deal where we've got a $25,000 seller credit. Right. So that Mm -hmm. may be something that your realtor and your lender may work together to negotiate and how to best use that credit for your buyer or for your for the best of your your loan. Right. Um, Terms such as your inspection contingency, um, your closing date, which if we need to move fast to make a deal happen, Mm -hmm. communicating with the lender. I always ask Leah before I make an offer. How long do you need for loan approval? How long do you need for the appraisal? Which that's a part of it as well. The buyer has to pay for an appraisal. Mm-hmm. Um, your inspection, I have to do coordinating that. Um, but it is important to communicate between the lender that your agent is communicating with the lender how long they need to do these things because those things are in the contract. And if I write a contract that my lender cannot perform to or meet, that's going to pro- cause a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And your your deposit then is at risk. And nobody wants to lose a deposit because, again, at Christmas, they're going to be talking about the realtor <laughs> and how that dang on realtor made me lose $25,000. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a chunk of change 
to That's lose too. It's a lot I, of money. I would not like to lose that amount of money ever. I would not like to lose any money there ever, <laughs> let, let alone any amount, but definitely that amount. Exactly. Mm. And so I kind of touched on the rest of the process there, the inspection, the appraisal, mm-hmm. the, the lender, the title. Yeah. Right. So this is a good spot when you go under contract for a home and your offer is accepted. Now, there's always communication between the agent and the lender leading up to this. You know, what are we offering? What are the dates on the contract? But once uh, we actually have a signed, executed contract, that's really when the lender side comes back into play in full force. So up until this point, even though you've filled out a loan, it's actually technically by legal means and legal standards, not actually considered a loan until there's, uh, there's six pieces to it, but for simplicity's sake, an address. You know, once you're under contract, there's a signed agreement, then we convert your application, is a better term for it, over into a life loan. At this point, this is when you get all the disclosures, this tells you all the nitty gritty information about the fees, or at this point in time, estimated fees for closing. Um, we, like Devin said, we order the appraisal, we order title work, he orders a home inspection. We start going through all those kind of like third party, yeah. third party items, I guess you could Everything say. Everything that, your due diligence. Yeah. Doing your due diligence. The due diligence. And once we get all that started and going, this next, usually a couple weeks, 14 to 21 days or so, is kind of that loan processing piece of it. So once you go live with a loan, then from that point on, it goes to a processor and or underwriter. An underwriter is going to look through all the documents you've provided. This is also the piece where they're going to run some background checks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, underwriters are scary. <laughs> Sorry, that's the scary part for me. I felt like we were back in Halloween. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's always a little nerve wracking. Like when an underwriter calls me, and I'm like, "What do you want?" <laughs> exactly. yeah, I'm gonna hide. <laughs> um, but yeah, so an under an underwriter is the one that actually approves or denies a loan and tells you what you need. So as much at the end of the day as I wish I could give you the final stamp of approval. I can't, an underwriter does, which is why it's so important you have a loan officer that does a thorough job up front because we're, we're not technically the ones. Because if we could approve the loans, everyone would be like, approved. Exactly. <laughs> you get a loan, you get a exactly. loan. <laughs> and, but once you go through that underwriting process and you get everything the underwriter asks for, you cross all your T's, you dot all your I's, then you get what's called a clear to close. <laughs> There's a, yeah. <laughs> uh, now clear to close does not mean go out and buy furniture. It does not mean go open new credit. It doesn't mean go spend a ton of money. What about buying a new car? No, no. <laughs> I have had someone buy a new car once and guess what? They lost their house. Mm. But they had a nice new Ford truck. Hope they can sleep in it. <laughs> so at this point, you're clear to close. And basically the, what that means is that as long as nothing changes, no credit changes, you don't lose your job, you're pretty much going to be good to go now at this point through closing. 
clear to close, your loan gets assigned to a closer on the lending side. And that closer starts communication with the title company to, as I say, balance all your final numbers out. So this is where they get everything down to the penny. So if I have a client and they call me halfway through the process and say, how much do I need for closing? It's always going to be, well, here's the current estimate. And then you will get your final numbers after you're clear to close and the title company and closer have balanced everything out. Which is typically a day or so before closing. At worst, it could be maybe the day of closing. Mm -hmm. I always set the expectation that it's going to be maybe a hectic day or two right before closing because things may change. The numbers have to be exact to the day. So when Leah's done her job so great and fantastic and maybe we're closing a day early, the numbers are going to change from what they were if we were closing a day later. So, but, oh, wait, we're closing a week early because you're so great, but I'm going to be out of town. Can I close on my loan out of town? Yes. (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) And that's a great segue into the last piece of the process and what we put a pin in, too. So, Devin, I want you to talk to everyone a little bit more detail on the notary, the signing piece of it. Why is it important? What can go wrong if it's not done correctly? Because I don't think I don't think a lot of people really know about this part of the process as much. Sure. And I know that was a shameless plug, but here we are. So so it is important. um, You know, the notary is not most people don't even think about the notary as a part of your real estate transaction, right? Mm -hmm. So at the very end, after everybody's done all this work, you put time and money into purchasing and closing on this home, it gets down to that one person's accuracy, performance, professionalism, um, timeliness. It gets down to that at the very end of it. So The notary service that I I own, we provide a service where, let's say, you're out of town or for some reason you can't attend your closing in person um, at the the title company's office. So we'll find a notary that's close to your location, uh, that's most qualified, that's experienced as a signing agent, which is specifically trained to close on loan documents. And, um, And that person, they understand the documents, they understand... Uh, even though we're not providing a legal service, we are not attorneys, so we cannot describe or explain the documents. We can provide a general description, right? But they understand the package. They understand the importance of getting them done accurately. And um, even as, as small nuance as how you should sign your name on a document, right? Mm-hmm. So the notary is there to, to make sure that all that's done properly and return to the title company in a timely manner. So that money that's going to fund your purchase can get to the title company on time. And guess what? Those keys can then be delivered to you on time, the home buyer, right? So that's important because if it goes wrong, if the notary waits five hours to scan the documents, whereas we ask that the documents are scanned within two hours, if they wait five hours, maybe the, the bank can't wire the, uh, the funds in time. And now you have to wait till tomorrow or wait, it's Friday. Now you got to wait till Monday to get the keys to your house, but you've got your movers scheduled for the weekend. You've got your brother, your cousin scheduled to come paint and get that free beer. But now that, <laughs> that can't beer happen. and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now that can't happen until Monday or the following week. So, you know, it's important to make sure that that person is going to get it done accurately and in a timely manner. And so we partner with title companies, um, lenders, 
attorneys to make sure that we get that done properly and the closings are, are done and performed in a timely manner. Now, I do have <clears throat> one question. It, if a notary were to like super mess up, like hardcore mess mm -hmm. up, could that or does that have the potential to affect uh, the purchase? Meaning like if- Yes. Okay. So um, you have closings that take place at the, the end of their, um, their rate lock, right? Mm. So the last day of the rate lock is the signing date. Mm -hmm. If there's an error on that date, and the closing has to take place the following day or the next week, that's going to cost a lot of money to extend that rate lock for that buyer. Mm -hmm. So that could cost them money. Also, the seller may not be willing to extend the closing any, any longer, right? So now the buyer's deposit could be at risk. And deposits can be 10000 or 500000 mm -hmm. right? So, and we do a lot of high volume, high uh, value closings. I've done a $30 million closing, right? So a $30 million wow. transaction and you do it wrong and now that person's deposit of $3 million may be at risk. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> but it, yeah. It, this is a serious business. It's a serious <laughs> business. I mean, really at the end of the day, you guys, these these are legally binding contracts when you're buying, buying a home. Um, you don't want just Joe Schmo working on this. You know, right. it, there's not only can you lose money, there's legal amp, um Ramifications. Ramifications. That's the word I was looking for. We complete each other's sentences. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, there's legal ramifications if you don't do these things correctly and accurately and ethically too at the same time. You know, so that's why it's so important to have a, a good agent, a good lender, a good title company, and a good notary too. Indeed. You don't want a process to go so. And, and in fact, in this podcast, you have a great lender. A great realtor and a great notary. Just saying. Oh, just saying. There's, there's only two of us here, but you get three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you get a friend out of the deal, too. Two friends. Look at that. We, we do do that. We do kind of end up being friends with, with a lot of our yeah. clients at the end of the day. That's how you know you did your job. Aww, love that. Well, if anyone out there wants to work with us, which why wouldn't you after listening to this? As everybody knows by this point, because I, I repeat it every episode, you can find me on all the platforms, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Amazon, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lending with Leah, it's easy, simple for everyone. And of course, my phone number's on all my social media. So if you have a loan question uh, and you want that direct one-on-one -on -one communication, always feel free to give me a call. And Devin, where can everyone find you both for your real estate and your notary. Sure. So Devin Cobb, you can just stalk Leah and then in any of her followers <laughs> list, you will find me. Devin Cobb, W, Devin Cobb on Facebook, WDC on Instagram. That's D-U-B-B-Y-A-D-C. Um, also, iHome South Florida on Instagram. Um, that's about it. So Devin at whitegloveNotarynetwork.com if you'd like to email me. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you everyone for tuning in and we'll see you again in a couple weeks. Thanks for having me.